All right, if you're a realtor looking to grow your business by utilizing farming and neighborhood events, we have the guest for you today. He's made over $225,000 over the past two years using farming and neighborhood events, and that does not include all referrals. And we're about to jump into that right now. But first, welcome to the Freedom Chaser Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. If you want even more in-depth knowledge, sign up for a weekly mastermind for only $100 a month. That will be in the link below. I'm sitting here with Jeremy Snyder from Kansas City. He's with the Snyder family group at Keller Williams. He goes by the bald-headed realtor. Super pumped to have you here today, Jeremy. We'd like to dive right into it. So we're talking farming and neighborhood events. Can we start off with a top-down approach? Um, give me the high-level view, and then we'll dive deeper into the strategies. No, definitely, definitely. I believe that what you what you focus on expands. And so I, I live in a neighborhood. Uh, it's actually three neighborhoods that have about 1,000 homes. Uh, you know, and, and I figured if we can focus here, you know, and get, you know, X number of homes, we can have a, a good living. There's really no need to have to drive all over, uh, Kansas city, you know, getting listings, uh, when we can focus right here and that, uh, been one of our, uh, major lead generation levers, like every other realtor, there are number one lead generation lever is, you know, past clients, uh, and our sphere, you know, number two. Uh, over the last several years has been uh, farming. And we do that by uh, bringing high value to the neighborhood uh, with what we provide and uh, a lot of the events that we do with consistency. And I, I've listened to some of your old podcasts or former podcasts. You hear that over and over again, whatever the strategy is, is consistency. And we've done it, you know, at a very high level uh, for four years. Uh, we've really grown it over the last two. Uh, e even higher. And it's it's paid off uh, very well. We just happened to send a mailer out recently, uh, you know, nine homes uh, that we were part of uh, just last year. So we were very pleased with that. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for referencing the consistency thing. You, you want me to talk a little bit about? Uh... Oh, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the consistency thing, I, I love that point that you made because it, it goes across through a lot of the episodes and, and this is something Tony Robbins says, right? Like success leaves clues. And actually, like in my experience, after interviewing like over 135 people, it feels to me like it, it leaves a proven plan. Like you stick to a strategy and you just keep doing that until you're good at it. And like there's really no sense in changing strategies unless it doesn't fit your personality. So the consistency thing, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It is just about the most important thing. So as you said before, let's do take a deeper dive into the strategy. So let's start about the events first, and then we'll talk about the farming strategy. So how do you start and plan an event? Excellent. No, definitely. Um, well, we, we kind of take a look at uh, events that are going to draw uh, interest from a, a majority of the neighborhood or events that aren't going to turn uh, neighbors off. So we try and keep uh, real broad. Uh, we get some of our ideas, you know, from our, uh, our R&D department, our rip-off and duplicate department, whether it's other agents in our office that have done events at their neighborhood or, uh, you know, at the national conventions we go to and we listen to people and, and we take a lot of those ideas and uh, put out our calendar and we go, okay, 
At this time of year, we'll do one of our food truck events. This time of year, we're going to do uh, our cornhole event. Uh, this time of year, we do our candy caravan. You know, a lot of it uh, deals with seasonality. The candy caravan, which is a great event that came out of COVID, is around Halloween. And we thought that would just be an event we would do one year. Uh, this year was our third year doing that, and it really brings uh, the neighborhood out. Um, you want me to talk about how we uh, get the word out about these events? Oh, absolutely. That would be my next question. So, yeah, like how do you not only start the event, but how do you get people to actually show up? Because obviously it would be embarrassing to try to hold this huge event and then only one person walks in. So, Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I spent, you know, prior to being in radio, I've been in radio for, I'm sorry, prior to being in real estate, I was in, in radio and, and advertising, did that for 23 years. And I always believe uh, that real estate is all about being known. Uh, before you're needed. So, uh, you know, one of the things we do, I'm trying to look here, you know, we do, uh, you know, consistent mailers. This is what we've done over the last couple of years. So here was an event that we do tied in with the neighborhood garage sale. It's our dumpsters and donations event. We send a mailer uh, with some information here. Side note, every, almost everything we do, we try and get sponsors. These are other business owners who live specifically in the neighborhood, not necessarily our title company, not necessarily our lender. It's people who live in the neighborhood. So they get they get mailed this. And the reason we do it uh, tied in with the neighborhood garage sale is because when people are doing a garage sale, it's mainly because they need to get rid of the stuff. And when the garage sale is over, they don't want to move it back in the house. So we're down at the neighborhood park. They can come and bring their stuff and donate it. Or if the, uh, the company we partnered with for donation doesn't want it, we have two 40, uh, the real big dumpsters, and they can dump it there. We promote it a lot in the mail. We promote it a lot on social media, whether it's my page, whether it's uh, a Facebook page I created for the neighborhood, whether it's the HOA pages. We get the word out there. And then this is probably one of the more how the word gets out. All the events, we have big yard signs that are all over. We have anywhere from, from 20 to, to 40 of these signs, you know, mainly on the main uh, main drag through the neighborhood. You know, I'm not going to put them in cul-de-sacs. We're going to put them where, you know, traffic goes. And that's just a reminder. And you, you'll notice here, for example, on this one, it says Sunday 1 to 3. It does not say, you know, Sunday, June 5th, because I want to be able to use it again next year and the next year and the next year. So we always do them, you know, kind of the same day and same time. It's just the which Sunday of that month uh, is is different, and um, I it gets each event gets busier and busier every year, but because of consistency, people come to expect it. I've already received uh, calls. Hey, are you doing the dumpster and donation event? And it's like, yes, I do it every year around the um, uh, garage sale. So that's that's one of the events, and they're very consistent. So like, like our yard sign that I'm talking about. So here are the dumpsters and donations. Take, take a look at that. Okay? Here's another event we do. And I can, I can go in, in detail on any of these events if you want. Art in the Park. That's an event we do. Looks very, the, the signs look very similar. Uh, food trucks at the park. That's a great event that came out of COVID as well. Um, our neighborhood coat drive. This is the one that's, that's coming up. But all the signs look very similar. They have our logo on them. They have the, the date. Um, our mailers all look very similar. 
you know, so that because we understand that people are going to get this in the mail and go, okay, great, and probably throw it away. But as long as they can see that, that we're bringing value to the neighborhood, when a, when a need arises and they, they need to sell their home or they know somebody who needs to sell their home, they'll go, hey, hey, let's call, let's call Janie and Jeremy. Uh, you know, one of the successful events we've done, uh, and feel free to interrupt me at any time, um, that came, another one that came out of COVID was, was the food trucks event. We, we used to do a big Cinco de Mayo party at our, our house. It'd draw about, you know, 80 folks. Well, when COVID happened, you know, you, you can't be doing a potluck dinner at your house anymore. So we thought, let's do a food truck event. We had to pivot our business. We were finding that the food truck business had to pivot as well. So instead of just going to corporate offices and, and big festivals, they were open up to neighborhoods and it just blew up. The first one we did had just one food truck and people were waiting an hour. And that was, uh, at, at, at that time, people wanted, they needed to get out. They were tired of being locked in homes. Uh, they were able to go out. Um, and then the second one we did had two food trucks and that was busy. Then we did three. You know, now we have, three food trucks, a dessert truck, and a beer truck. And and they are full. And the neighbors pay for their own food. I've had some realtors go, how can you afford that? I, said, I, I just make the connection. I just get them scheduled. You know? So if you're going to come there with your family, you're responsible for buying what you want. Oh, so that's even better. So I've heard, I've heard of food truck strategies, but usually the realtor's paying. So this sounds a lot more... <laughs> Uh, this sounds a lot better to me because you're just connecting the event and the food trucks. You're just like, hey, be here on this day and I'll get you some people there. Um, that sounds a lot more appealing than actually paying for everybody's dinner, especially if you have an hour long line. That's going to be a pretty big bill. Um, <laughs> it is. Yeah. And and some of the food trucks have minimums. And initially, when we first started doing this, we're like, you know, if you're going to say that we got to guarantee $1,500. I'm going to find somebody else. Well, now, now we've had, we've done enough of them. There's, okay. Yeah. Well, you'll be fine. You'll hit that number. Cause yeah, those first few times I'm like, how much have you sold? 750. Oh my word. How much have you sold? You know, 925. Ah, you know, just waiting. But once you hit that number, you're like, and uh, you know, we do it well. We market them real well. Um, you know, a lot of these neighborhoods, they do them every week and it's like, no, it, it it loses its excitement. We do it, you know, once a quarter. Um, you know, one of the ones we do, we tie it in with our art in the park, which is, um, you know, several years ago, I was driving through the neighborhood and uh, uh, there was an art sale uh, that someone posted for in their house. And I went in and it was a, a woman who's a local artist and she had other friends in the neighborhood who are local artists. Um, and we said, well, we need to take this from your house. And make it outside. And I said, Claudia, if you can get the artists from the neighborhood, I'll do all the marketing and promotion. And that has worked real well. That that happens a weekend before Mother's Day. This is local art. It's about as micro as you can get. Uh, people selling selling their art, and they're not selling it for thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, you know, but they're they're hobbyists uh, having a great time. And we bring a lot of people. We have the food trucks there. Um, and sometimes it's been windy, you know, sometimes it rains all night before, but we are, we, we make it happen. And it's a, that's another great event. And what you've noticed, all of these events we're doing at no point have I talked about 
real estate. These are not real estate related events. They're not come down to the park and we'll talk about getting your home ready to sell. The goal is to add value, you know, make it something exciting. Without question. Um, that was actually going to be my next statement. Um, I was going to say, I love how your events are something that could be duplicated and compounded, right? Because as you mentioned, the food trucks and everything, they grow bigger and bigger because you're not targeting real estate in particular. Like if you were trying to do like a first time buyer seminar, you're going to be churning through new people every time, right? Whereas this one, you're going to get more and more people because it's a fun event and people enjoy it. So, I mean, it's it's just getting people to know you, like you, and trust you. You know, that's the baseline of real estate in general. Being known is the most important thing. If people don't know who you are, they're not going to use you, right? So <laughs> um, I love what you're doing. Um, I have to get some specific questions. I actually got like probably a dozen right now, but um, you mentioned sponsors that live in the neighborhood. So how do you locate these sponsors and then how do you approach them in order to get them to assist you with your mailing? Uh, you know, just first, we have an elementary school in, in the neighborhood. Um, ironically, we also provide another item of value, a magnetic calendar of all the school events and all the days off. Uh, and just being tied in with the school, you meet other people. Uh, you know, just being at the events, meeting people, uh, like, for example, recently I posted something on our neighborhood Facebook page. I was looking for, uh, you know, uh, an insurance, an auto and home insurance guy. And I got a name. And so uh met with him and, and talked with him. Uh, you know, lot, there's lots of business owners that live here. Not all of them uh, are involved. And my goal is not to uh, make a lot of money from the sponsors. It's mainly to equally cover the costs. So there's cost to printing. There's cost to, you know, the sign. I take that number. If I want four sponsors, I'm the fifth. I divide that number by five. Um, and I just, hey, call him and I'll, you know, say, uh, you know, like, hey, hey, Rob Harkin. He's a, an attorney. Got some events going on this year. I'd like to maybe get you some coffee, talk to you about the events, see if you want to sponsor them and let you know more about them. And they often go, uh, yeah, I'll sponsor that one and that one. Or they'll go, nope, not this year. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah, my, my goal is not to be an advertising salesperson. It's it's to grow the community and, and get community involvement. It's a great way to connect with people. It is. It is. And uh, the attorney guy, he's one that lives on the farm, last year connected me with one of his partners who uh, bought a house. That partner's mother-in-law sold her house, bought another house. So I consider that farm business, even though his partner... And his partner's mother-in-law don't live in in the farm, but the lead came from that, from our farming activities. Absolutely. Yeah. And those relationships are extremely valuable. If you get an attorney that sends you two, three deals a year, that's worth a lot more than a buyer that only buys once every five to seven years, right? So um, sorry I interrupted you. You were talking about the cornhole thing. Let's get into that real quick. I, I was. Okay. Yeah, that was an idea I got from Kenny Klaus, who's a uh, Keller Williams agent down uh, in Mesa, Arizona. And, you know, cornhole's a, you know, a real big deal right now. And I thought, that's that's something we could do uh, around, you know, the uh, October time. And the first couple of years, we hired uh, a company to bring in the cornhole board, the cornhole bag, and to run the tournament. But, you know, I was watching them one year and said, man, this guy, he's bringing this stuff and just sitting there. 
And people say, hey, our team won. I said, that, we can do that. Um, and so I reached out to all our sponsors. And this year, they all, uh, as part of the sponsorship, got custom boards with their names, their logos. They got uh, a set of eight bags that were custom to them. And then I said, you can use them for this year. You then get to keep the boards. So that's how I store them because it's their boards. And then they can bring them next year. We had eight sponsors doing that. And there were 31 teams that were in that tournament. And that takes a long time when you're doing double elimination. And then I hired my nephew, who's a CPA, to to run the tournament. So and because and it it was a great event. We had children involved. We had older people involved. And the prize was bragging rights and a ceramic gnome. So if anybody got mad or upset about something, I could say, "I'm sorry." Would it? Do you want me to go out and buy you a $30 ceramic gnome so you can have me? It's a fun neighborhood event. That's the purpose of it. And and they are there, you know, for all afternoon. Um, you mentioned a Facebook page for the neighborhood. Um, this, I'm assuming, is a Facebook group? It is. It is. And it is a really long name, uh, but it's what's going on in Shannon Valley, Indian Creek Estates, and Hunter's Point which are the three neighborhoods. Uh, but, you know, that's an opportunity where we can, uh, I, I work really hard not to uh, talk about real estate stuff there. Again, I'm adding value. Um, you know, when we live very close to a big business park, uh, close to the highway, a uh, lot of growth. We're one of the top school districts in the area. So I kind of, you know, like to share those stories. Um, you know, when the chiefs are doing well, you know, hey, send me a picture you know, of you, uh, you know, cheering on the chief, you know, whether you have a little Patrick Mahomes doll or you got your chief's football, you know, just show me your Christmas lights. Uh, and then people ask questions, you know, that if they're looking for a doctor or they need, you know, someone to come rake their leaves, just a way to, you know, communicate. Because each neighborhood has their own Facebook page controlled by the HOA, but this is one collectively where all three of the neighborhood can talk to each other. Yeah, and that's a tremendous strategy. Again, as you mentioned, you're just getting people to know, like you, and trust you. You're simply providing value, not expecting anything in return, and doing it consistently over time. Uh, my question for you on that page, because I think this is amazing. I have like four Facebook groups with thousands of people in them, and they're mostly business to business, though. So I'm curious, how do you start this group, and how do you actually drive people to join it before you hit, um, you know, that that threshold where it just grows by itself. Yeah, the, the, the tipping point. I don't, I don't think I'm I'm to the tipping point. Um, you, you set it up. You know, that's the easy part is getting it set up with one or two things. And then, you know, obviously, I've, uh, I don't say obviously, but I've lived in the neighborhood 13 years. I already have a bunch of Facebook friends from the neighborhood. I just, I invite them, you know, and once you get 20 or 30 people, um, you know, then at that point you can put some requirements in there like, so if somebody wants to join, okay, what's your name? What's your address? What's your email address? That way I can get an email because once a month I send out uh, what I call a REAR, um, a real estate activity report for the neighborhood specifically. I only talk about real estate numbers 
with the neighborhood and then events. Uh, and I'll promote, uh, you know, some of, some of the sponsor and I'd send that uh, the, the first of the month. If I'm always, and that's through MailChimp, just trying to, you know, again, add value. And in that email, I do say, Hey, if, uh, if you're thinking about moving here in the near future, you know, we'd welcome an opportunity to to talk with you about how we can help you. Absolutely, man. Well, you need the CTA, man. If you don't have the CTA, you're never going to get any business from it. So that's important to have. I'm curious, how often are you mailing this list, your email list in particular? Uh, the email is, uh, I do uh, mainly my real estate activity report uh, is, is once a month. I do it at the first of the month. Uh, we then send our mailers. This is our, this is our next mailer, by the way. Uh, we do that once a month on the 15th of the month, and that's through EDDM with the United States Postal Service. So you'll see here, here's the back. Again, sponsored, but it's just an EDDM and DSHA, so I don't have to say Tom Smith, 123 Main Street, Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, it goes to every uh, mailbox in uh, the carrier routes that cover this neighborhood. And it's a inexpensive way to uh, get the word out. Get our mailers out. Absolutely. And then you showed them the magnet earlier. So I got a story to bring into that one. Um, I'm second generation, right? So my dad used to send magnets to um, Hanover Park, Illinois, which is a western suburb in town. Not super relevant. Um, but anyways, like he was slamming this neighborhood with magnets. And, you know, I would make new friends. And guess what? Guess who I saw in their fridge all the time? My dad just sitting on everybody's fridge <laughs> as I meet new people. So anybody saying that magnets don't work? Magnets are useful. Um, if you get a magnet in the mail, if I need a magnet, I'm going to throw it on my fridge simply because it's there. But guess who you're looking at every day? Uh, <laughs> so... So, um, yeah, I mean, I think magnets are underutilized because my, my old man's been doing it forever. This this is our uh, neighborhood events for the year. And so when I've been in people's houses and I see the one we did last year, which did not have a magnet on it, and they had it taped to the refrigerator, or they had it, you know, on a bulletin board. I said, I got to find an inexpensive way, you know, so we got this magnet. The school one, the school is a full magnet. So we know that all the parents are going to are gonna use this. We do about 200 of these and we hand uh, deliver them to the schools and uh, people we know. This one just goes in the mail. And we understand a bunch will get thrown away, but a bunch won't. Yeah, and that's one of those things. There's so many things you could do. Like you said, you have your own neighborhood events, which is obviously ideal because you're promoting your own stuff then and you're getting more people there. But, I mean, simple stuff. Like you mentioned the chief stuff before. My dad used to send bear schedules with a magnet and he was on it, right? So, I mean... <laughs> Um, there's a thousand different ways to do this. And it's really just a matter of consistency, right? As long as you're doing it over time, it will lead to business. It's, it's just, you know, don't expect it to work in three months or less because this is a long game. It's not a short game. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, could we spend probably, you know, $700 a month, every month in and out to get these made and mailed. Uh, when we first started out, we didn't have all the money. So we use our time and we... We went door to door with with door hangers, you know, printing, you know, there we go. There's one of the cornhole events. This is our art in the park. Uh, it takes a long time, but we also, oh, the great way to meet the neighborhood, to meet people, to knock on their doors. You know, many of them, you know, had no interest in, um, you know, selling their house at the time. But hey, oh, a cornhole tournament. Great. I'd, I'd love to be there. It's a much easier conversation to have. Right. When you're door knocking, looking for buyer or seller leads, that's typically an uncomfortable conversation. If you're inviting somebody to a cornhole event, 
Um, again, you're leading with value, right? It's like, hey, we got this cool thing going on. Some people are going to be super interested. Some people are just going to say not interested. But you're actually going to have people interested then. Whereas if you're just door knocking, looking for buyers and sellers, you're going to get 95% no. Um, <laughs> you bet. And, and, and if I'm there and I say, oh, yeah, here's a cornhole tournament. By the way, do you know of anyone maybe around here that's looking to sell their time, their, sell their home uh, here in the near future? You know, whether it's they're, they're retiring or they're growing their family. Um, and then, you know, I, I always, then I always go, I always hate to say this, but any death or divorce that's happened around here. And one time a neighbor said, yes, person died on this side of me six months ago, person on that side of me died two months ago. Like, oh, I mean, those are triggering events that cause people to need to sell their home. And, you know, if, if they need if they need somebody, uh, you know, my wife and I are going to be able to do a bang up job and, and help them very well. Absolutely. Um, so cool. Anybody looking in to get into starting events and doing mailers, what would be, um, let's say there's like a two to five step action list. Like these are the must do things that you have to do in order to accomplish this strategy effectively. Uh, what I would do from the mailer standpoint, uh, you know, my neighborhood is three carrier routes, but two of those carrier routes also do other parts that aren't necessarily in, uh, in my neighborhood. If I were to start it again, I would look at the routes and go, okay, I'm going to start with just this one because 100% of that carrier route is the farm. Then I would grow. Then I would grow. Uh, so learn, you know, go to the United States Postal Service website and go EDDM and learn that. There, there are specifications. You can't just print anything and take it there. Um, you know, learn, learn that. Um, you know, what are some events that are, are evergreen that can be done Every year, I can't have a big Super Bowl party at the park because the Chiefs aren't going to win every year. But you could do, you know, you could do a the dumpster event because whether or not a garage sale is done, people are going to still have uh, junk. You can do a cornhole tournament because even if the neighborhood Oktoberfest gets canceled or they choose to not do it anymore, you can still have that um so find um evergreen events uh, and just find events that a majority that you think a, a good chunk of people will enjoy would want to be be part of absolutely um i love it must be nice to to be in kansas city with patrick mahomes it's like, oh, we're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. It's like, I would like to make the playoffs at this point. But at least it looks like we have some young, fresh talent. Um, <laughs> Years ago, when I was in radio, I worked for the radio company that owned the radio rights to the uh, Chiefs broadcast. Uh, so that one year, I sat in the suite for every home game to help entertain clients. Now, the Chiefs did go two wins and 14 losses that year. And I always had plenty of tickets for clients. Uh, I'm still good friends with people that work there. And I say, uh, hey, can I get a couple free tickets on the, you know, nosebleed for uh, the, you know, preseason game? Like, no, no. So there are, you know, much more in demand now than, than they were. But yeah, it's it's been fun watching the Chiefs. 
Yep. Well, that's a great problem to have, man. So, so before we started recording, you'd mentioned a story that you had about a potentially haunted house. I'd love to hear a little bit more about this. Yeah, when I listen to your podcast, you always want uh, you know crazy stories, and I was uh, you know whether it was a story where there was a, a loaded gun at uh, that a child could have grabbed, um, or this is one of my favorites, very new. My wife and I also uh, are real estate investors. You know, we we buy properties and and flip them. And my wife, the day we got this house, uh, we bought it from a former client. We helped him buy it. Several years later, he worked for Zoom, was getting transferred. Um, so we are, my wife is sitting there waiting for contractors to come and she starts hearing uh, children laughing. And that's the middle of the day. So the kids should be at school. So she goes, you know, looks out the window, doesn't see anything, continues to hear this laughter. And then she goes, it was coming from the walls. The only place the laughter was coming from was the walls. Well, then all of a sudden the contractors start coming and she completely forgot about it. How can you forget about laughter from walls from children? A couple of days later, we were um, we were at the Blue Valley Northwest High School marching band's glow show. We always provide coffee in our custom cups. Um, and she got a call or a text from our electrician. You know, he uh, he moonlights and is changing out all the lights. And the text was, should I be concerned that I that it feels like someone is speaking to me from the afterlife? And she's like, oh, my gosh, I never told Jeremy about this. Uh, so she told me. And then, then he texted later and he goes, I think it's coming from one of the speakers on the, uh, uh, you know, home theater system. Would that be OK if I disconnect it? And she said, absolutely. Then a week later, we get the first water bill. Now, we've had the property for two weeks. Nobody lives in it. We have already disconnected all of the plumbing, pulled all of the toilet, pulled all of the sinks, and it's $200. There's no way that a vacant home would be $200. So we're calling, we're talking to the water department, and there was probably a leak. And then she goes, but at 11 o'clock at night, there's a big spike in the water usage. Eleven. There's not, nobody would be there at 11 o'clock at night. And I just told my wife, that's the ghost there. Who knows what it was? You know, there there was a leak that was causing the two hundred dollars a a month with the uh, a sprinkler system, but huh. yeah, the 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 children in the walls, you know, just kind of kind of funny, and and the the high water bill. Yeah, that's that's my my crazy story. <laughs> I mean, it's a super interesting. And every, everything's fine now. Yeah, it's a super interesting turn of events. No, nobody nobody got hurt. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's hilarious that the the. Was it the electrician or the painter? It was the electrician, right? It was the, ele the electrician. Just yeah. Somebody's talking to me from the afterlife. Should I be concerned yeah. about this? <laughs> so obviously this is a blue collar guy. Yeah. He's, like, yeah. he's like, oh, I don't know if this is a thing or not. Um, <laughs> it's like, well, his, his first thought was he thought maybe we were playing a joke on him. We're like, we don't know you that well, you know. We like your work. This is has been the second house we'd had him do work for us. I'm like, Man, we're not going to scare you off. Why would we do that? You're a good, hardworking guy. We want to keep you around. So, but no, it was so fun. Well, that's great, man. Um, thank you for sharing that story. That was beautiful. Um, uh, Jeremy, so we just crossed over to the new year, 2023. Um, what are your goals for 2023? What are you looking to build over the next year? Uh, you know, we're wanting to continue, uh, you know, dominance in uh, in our neighborhood, uh, you know, we'd like to, you know, you always hear 
that if you have 20% of the listings, then you are truly the dominant realtor. We have, we're the most active in the neighborhood. We're actually the number one uh, realtor in 66210, uh, which is our, our zip code, but we would like uh, to really be at, at 20%. So, you know, we did nine, we'd like to do 12 uh, to 15 listings. Uh, we're also uh, wanting to, my wife is really enjoying the investment side of it, uh, finding property and, and flipping them. Uh, you know, we were um, on a trip uh, this past weekend to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, you know, met with a guy named uh, uh, Eric Workman. He's a really tall realtor uh, out there. Uh, we're looking at maybe buying some vacation rentals uh, down in, in Nashville, uh, maybe up in Idaho. Uh, we'd love to have, you know, three or four uh, and then, you know, maybe four flips in, in Kansas City. And we're always looking uh, for outgoing referrals. You know, so if anyone meets with somebody because they're moving to their town and they say, hey, I'm moving from Kansas City. And if they've not connected with a you know, realtor, we'd love, love to talk with them. Or, or if they're moving from Kansas City, you know, we'd love to give that connection as well. I mean, it's amazing when you get you know, these, refer these referral fees for a phone call. No kidding. Um, it, it's, it's great that we have that opportunity, though, right? Speaking of, um, if anybody out there has some business to refer to you or if there happens to be a regular buyer or seller, like what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, I'm just probably texting because I, I know, you know, we have to answer our phones all the time. But how many how many of them are spam called? And then you just get into a habit of hit and ignore. Uh, I would say texting, uh, you know, and it can be real short. Hey, I, I'm a I'm a realtor in Nashville, Tennessee. I've got someone moving to Kansas City. Uh, can you call me back? Uh, and that number is 913-244-4424. Well, I, I, I answer the phone as well, but that's. That's a quick way to, to get me to call you. Very cool. Well, Jeremy, um, thank you so much for sharing the information about the farming and the network or the, or the neighborhood event strategy. This has been absolutely tremendous, man. And if anybody wants to go a little further or they have any specific question, they can call me at any time. You know, when I was in the airport in Nashville, uh, someone called on uh, another thing. I talked to him for about 25 minutes helping him uh, with some stuff. I have no problem doing that. No problem. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. You have his phone number. He said, give him a text. If you want any more advice with this strategy, he just left the door open for you. So thank you again, Jeremy Snyder, for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, uh, please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we are doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple and Spotify, really drive the momentum for us. So anything you can do to support the show is always appreciated. And please don't forget that freedom is acquired one action at a time. Pick no more than three of the strategies that we discuss on this show and take massive action on them. Tell somebody you know that can hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in and we will catch you on the next one. Go Chiefs!